Hey there, welcome to the IFM podcast. Welcome to episode number 20. In this episode, I will talk about your ticket submission in week 6, in which we are talking about the Forex derivatives. In this episode, I will discuss three aspects of your ticket submission. The first aspect will deal with the general issues of the use of derivatives contract for MNC's operation. In the second aspect of this episode, I will talk about some specific issues that some of you have questions about in terms of the three types of derivatives that we discuss in this week. Um, and those contracts will consist of forward futures and options. The last aspect of this episode, we'll talk about some of the uh, practical issues that we can observe in the Malaysian settings and that would deal with the role of Bank Negara Malaysia or the Central Bank in Malaysia with the NDF contracts trading uh, mainly of the offshore market as well as about the FCPO contracts that are traded in um, in Malaysia denominated in ringgit that we discussed during the tutorials. So why don't we start with the first aspect, which is the general issue of the use of derivative contract for MNC's operation. So one of the interesting questions that I read from the ticket submission asking about how this derivatives contract would help MNC's operation. So in general, MNCs would be categorized as hedgers in, in terms of the financial markets. So their participation um, in this derivatives contract will be to hedge the future outcome of their activities that are denominated in foreign currency. In doing so, the benefit of engaging in this forex derivative is to provide stability in terms of invoicing to the customers, in terms of estimating revenue or estimating cash flows uh, that may be exposed to the forex rate movements. So to some extent, um, um, the use of derivatives in terms of MNCs will be limited to hedging and it's actually to provide uh, stability. And the next question would be, is hedging actually necessary? Um, well, it would be dependent on the cost versus benefit analysis, I suppose. Um, hedging is not free. If you're talking about options, then there could be upfront costs or commitment that firms need to pay. Um, in terms of hedging costs for forward or futures contract, uh, this can be determined uh, whether the company is actually better off or not uh, when they actually engage in, in the hedging of their forex exposure using forward or futures contract. So really it comes down if the costs happen to outweigh the benefit and um, hedging may not be necessary and vice versa. And this will lead into the more practical issues. Um, uh, do, do every company actually have the means to do or to decide whether they need to hedge or not? Um, and this will have something to do with the resources that the company has um, in terms of uh, do, does the company actually have the uh, treasury department to help them to decide which hedging alternatives would be best for their forex exposure. Um, whether the treasury department or the finance department in that effect have the resources uh, to deal with the variety of contracts and whether the cost is actually something that can be borne uh, by the management or the business process. 
So all in all, um, it, it will still fall into the umbrella of cost and benefit analysis uh, on whether hedging is actually necessary for a particular company. All right, so with that, why don't we go to the second aspect of this episode in which I will discuss some of the specific questions uh, regarding the different types of derivatives that we study this week. Uh, the first one is about the futures and forward um, and how these different types of contracts will actually affect MNC's operation. Um, so I think it all goes back to the characteristics of futures versus forward, um, in which forward is traded over the counter um, that offers high customization for MNCs, and that's the pros for forward. Um, and the cons for forward contract is the contract is not liquid, so that means once you enter into the contract, so you kind of have to hold on into it until it uh, come to the maturity stage. So I guess it's to its own. I mean, it goes back to the purpose of doing hedging using forward um, contract, whether it is actually to protect the forex exposure or to gain uh, some of the profit by taking a position in the forex market. Um, in terms of the futures contract, uh, the pros for futures contract, it actually offers um, a high amount of liquidity. Uh, the contracts are traded continuously. Um, and then the price discovery is quite efficient in the in the futures market, uh, mainly because you are, I mean, MNCs in this instance will be trading against speculators as well as arbitragers, um, given the liquid nature of the futures contract. So liquidity is the pro uh, for futures. Uh, some of the cons would be the, um, you know, the standardization of the contract um, in terms of the number of foreign currency that, that exists in one contract. So, um, you know, given the contract are standardized in, the, in terms of size, um, then there could be limitations um, in terms of the hedging ratio that company can achieve uh, when taking position in the futures uh, contract for Forex. And the second thing, uh, the second cons would be on the, um, the margin requirements. So in order to keep your position open in the, in the, in the futures market, you kind of have to maintain the margin. So if you're actually losing um, your position, remember the futures contract are marked to market on the daily basis. Then if your position kind of falls uh, below the margin requirement, then you can have to maintain that margin by doing, uh, by depositing more. And that would be some costs associated with um, keeping your position open. So from forward and futures, uh, why don't we go about the um, the other type of derivatives, which is options. So there are two questions that I received. The first one is about the pricing. Um, you know how uh, how the length of time actually have something uh, or some impact on the pricing of the options. I will remember um, options is about giving uh, giving you the flexibility, so giving the buyer the flexibility. So the longer the time period for the option um, to actually um, to be effective, um, the, the more chances that the option could be in the money and therefore pricing would increase. So I would encourage you to read the chapter um, that discuss the different variables that can affect the pricing of the option. And with the pricing issue, there's there's this interesting question coming from one of you asking about the American and European options. Uh, which one we priced higher? I suppose American options would have higher valuation because of the flexibility that it offers. Um, European option is quite restricted in terms of when the option can be exercised. 
And in terms of the use um, for MNCs, uh, American options may be more flexible, but then again, with more flexibility comes higher costs. Um, so that would be another factor that MNCs need to consider if they want to select between American and European option. So this will bring us to the last bit of the um, episode where I will talk about some of the uh, practical issues that we discuss on the pre-class video as well as the tutorial. So in the pre-class video, I did mention about the non-deliverable forwards and how the uh, Malaysian government is quite protective of the trading of the non-deliverable forward in the offshore market. So the motivation of protecting this uh, or limiting this offshore trading of NDF is mainly because the NDF market is full of the speculators and then the ringgit um, exchange rate in this offshore market happened to be more volatile than the onshore market. Um, and then I think the majority of the uh, global players will refer to ringgit volatility in the offshore NDF rather than onshore. So I think to promote stability for ringgit, um, so uh, Bank Negara Malaysia provide a bit of warning to Malaysian banks that participate in the offshore NDF. And that warning seems to be effective because um, the volatility of ringgit seems to uh, decrease uh, from the offshore market. So then I think Bank Negara would have more control on the volatility in the onshore market. And that kind of gives them Bank Negara a bit more control. Uh, remember, after all, um, you know, the purpose of Bank Negara is to make sure that ringgit will remain competitive to support the Malaysian economy. So in terms of the FCPO, so this is the futures contract for CPO. And um, again, uh, I also emphasize in my tutorial that this has nothing to do with Forex exposure. But then again, the futures contract for CPO is, tra is traded using Ringgit or denominated in Ringgit. So therefore, it actually gives avenue for um, you know, CPO producers or processors to, in, uh, to, to create hedging position um, in this uh, futures contract without incurring extra forex risk. So a couple of interesting questions here. Uh, whether the production of the CPO producers would actually have um, impact on the liquidity of the futures contract. Well, that's, that may not be the case because remember in the futures market, we have hedgers, speculators and arbitragers. And if you remember what I said in my pre-class video, the majority of futures contract are actually not um, settled or it's actually not um, making or taking delivery but rather 90% of the futures contract would actually settle by taking the reverse position. Um, yeah, so if you're still not sure what I'm talking about, uh, make sure you um, you know have a look at the pre-class video because essentially the futures contract is, um, you know, the futures traders are trading against the exchange, so you can, you, you can close up your position. So the second question that I found interesting is about the competitiveness um, of uh, CPO producers as well as the processors. Um, it, it, it goes without saying, I mean, if the participation of producers as well as processors are high, um, the futures contract would actually give these uh, companies more stability and a better way to manage the operation um, as well as cash flows. Um, so I think in, in general, uh, it should be giving positive contribution uh, towards these companies. But at the end of the day, it also depends on the level of participation from the CPO producers as well as processors. 
And given the track record of uh, you know non familiarity of the uh, derivatives contract, um, then yeah, maybe the impact is not as much as it should have been. All right, so I hope that this episode is useful, and you can find some of the connections that uh, that I'm trying to teach uh, across the different weeks. All right, so um, you know, stay healthy, stay safe. I'll see you around. Bye bye.